Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast is a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Concerning Him seeks to enrich Christians around the globe by educating and equipping them through various media. For more information about Emmaus, please visit Emmaus.edu. Hello and welcome to another episode of Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. We're joined again by Dave Anderson, thank you for coming on. So good to be here, brother. Dave is a pastor elder at Littleton Bible Chapel in Littleton, Colorado. If you want to know more about what that means and who he is, go listen to last week's episode. So That's right. <laughs> it's really good. Dave is, Dave is here this week at Emmaus uh, preaching for Spiritual Emphasis Days on the book of Jonah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you going to cover the whole book? We're going to cover the whole book, yeah. We've got two more chapters left, and we'll do tonight and tomorrow morning. Okay. It was It was an amazing sermon this morning. Um, today we are going to be talking about the Lord's Supper. Yes. You recently wrote a series of articles for Biblical Eldership Resources. Again, if you want to know what Biblical Eldership Resources is, go ahead and check out the last podcast. But you wrote a series of articles. I think there's going to be 13 in total so. um, on the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And I I wanted, I, I read through all of those. I really enjoyed them. And I wanted to chat with you some today. Yeah, about yeah. The Lord's Supper. I, yes, I, I love loved it. it. I loved it. So in your articles, you're advocating for a revival of the Lord's Supper's importance. Um, it, why is it? Well, I'll just say you, you told the story of of Luther and, and Zwingli yep, yep, in yep. their argument, right? Yep. Their their debate, the famous yep. debate. Yep. And it was a big deal, and it caused a big split. Right. And while that's a, in some ways, a sad story, we might say. Yeah. The point you made is we don't even bother to argue right. about it today anymore. Right. Why is it that Christians seem to not take it seriously today? Yeah, it was Erwin Lutzer who uh, wrote that article, Deserving of Tears. And his point was that, you know, Luther and Zwingli wouldn't even shake hands at Marburg Castle. And uh, what a what a tragedy that they, they couldn't come together, you know, around this. And and yet his, and then Luther's point is today, what's deserving of tears is people don't even care about the Lord. They don't even debate the Lord's Supper. It's not even a, not even a area of concern for them because a lot of evangelical churches don't even, don't even do it. So now I just feel a burden, you know, in the last 10 years, there's been sort of a revival of gospel centered talk and, and a return to the gospel. And, and boy, that's so much of that is, is so good. I mean, we got to get back to the gospel, but What's fascinating to me is is in those conversations, uh, and it's no knock on the Gospel Coalition, but how little is said about the Lord's Supper and how the Lord's Supper does exactly that. You want to be gospel-centered. The Lord Jesus Christ instituted a meal to for his people to be gospel-centered. I mean, it's it's right there. And so I, I just I feel this. I want to see churches come back to a consistent biblical worshipful celebration of of this meal the eucharist the lord's supper the lord's table and and what does it mean so yeah i wrote these articles just to kind of give just a basic understanding i'm sure, honestly someone could do a much better job and folks have done a much better job but this is my co- small little contribution to just uh this meal and and if, if people in our church or people i know can benefit and, and enjoy Christ more through the supper. I mean, that's that's kind of the goal. What what do you mean by that? Enjoy Christ more through the Lord's supper. Yeah, I think you know. First of all, you asked the question. I think you asked it. Why 
why sh- why should this be important? Well, it's a command. Uh, the Lord Christ commanded us to do this, and so um, I just think we, we we are reminded weekly of of who he is, what he's done. The benefits of the Lord's Supper are as far and as wide uh, as the gospel itself. Um, It keeps us sensitive to sin. It keeps us sensitive to our need for Christ. Uh, It builds our anticipation of heaven. It strengthens the believer. It comforts us. Uh, Robert Murray McShane, the Scottish, Scottish preacher who died when he was 29, I think, he said, uh, take one look at your sin and take 10 looks to Christ. Uh, and there's a sense in which that's what the supper helps us to do. We do remember and we're sorrow, sorrowful, sorrowful over our sin. We lament that. We confess that. And then we look to Christ. We look up. And, uh, you know, the Lord's given us this institution to help us remember that. And uh, I love it. So I just, my burden is to get us back to that. Uh, I want to read you a quote, if I can pull it up here, from Michael Green at the very first article, I think. Uh, He's an Anglican, and uh, I think he's still alive. But uh, he says this quote that I think is so helpful. And uh, let's see if I can pull it up here. He says uh, that in the supper, believers look back to Christ's death. They look in in self-examination, they look up in fellowship with God, they look around in fellowship with each other, they look forward to Christ's return, and they look outward to proclaim the, the word to others. I, I read that years ago studying in the Gospel of Matthew, I think, and uh, to me it was like a light bulb. The Lord's Supper mm-hmm. is a schematic. It's, it, it, every time we come, it's genius. We come together, uh, there is a sense in which we look around. There is a sense in which we look outward. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There is a sense in which we look up. Um, there is a sense in which we look in. And uh, and so anyway, this paradigm is is a blessing for us. And, and, and Christians are only harming themselves when they neglect this or when they avoid this. This is, it's like, this is God's present for you that you get to open and be and enjoy every time you gather with the Lord's people. Why would you not want that? What are some of those practical effects that you see when Christians neglect the supper? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think there's just a general, it, it's not safe. It's not good. What was it? Uh, I've got this quote from J.C. Ryle. He did a, a, <clears throat> a little pamphlet on the Lord's Supper. I think you can get it for a buck on uh, Kindle. But he said, nothing can possibly be of small importance which the Lord Jesus Christ ordained and appointed. Our Lord most distinctly commanded his disciples to eat bread and drink wine in remembrance of him. This is getting to your question. Yeah. What right has any Christian to disobey this commandment? No doubt a man may be saved like the penitent thief without having received the Lord's Supper. It is not a matter of absolute and indispensable necessity like repentance, faith, and conversion, but it is impossible to say that any professing Christian is in a safe, healthy, satisfactory condition of soul who habitually refuses to obey Christ and attend Mm. the Lord's Supper. So, I mean, it's like a, a kid running away from home thinking that they're bettering themselves. No, you're cutting yourself off from the source of of blessing. It's Christ. We need to be reminded of who he is and what he's done and our love for us. I think it was John Owen. Mm-hmm. You're studying John Owen. Yes, yeah. Who said, uh, 
uh, flesh and blood are apt to think harsh thoughts of God. And uh, maybe it was Richard Sibbs, not John Owen, but uh, flesh and blood are apt to think harsh thoughts of God. What he was saying in there, and it might be in the bruised reed, uh, is that we naturally kind of get suspicious of the Lord. We, nat- we, we, our flesh sort of suspects him to be against us. And, and we kind of, we, we need this reminder that Romans 8, he's for us, not against us. We're secure in him. And uh, when we are reminded of, of uh, what he's done, this forget-me-not service, because we do forget, look at, look at the Israelites, they forgot. It's, it's medicine for us, it's good for us, it's food for us, it's bread for us uh, to do this. So, in, in your series of articles, you have an article called The Table, mm-hmm. and you really emphasize this idea of, of eating and enjoying this meal with Christ. And I, I appreciated that because my, my thoughts went to, if, if God, who is our savior, is inviting us to join him at the table, and to commune with him, mm-hmm. right? Why would I not want to do that? Yeah, exactly. No, why? why I mean, you've, we were talking earlier about folks that want to push it off to once a month or once a quarter. It's like imagine saying, "Look, this Christ, remembering Christ, and being with." Let's can we just let's just hold off a little bit on this. <laughs> let's just push it to once a month, once a quarter, once a year. Some churches do. Uh, that they're totally missing this invitation. He has invited us to table fellowship, and uh, why wouldn't we want to partake in that? Uh, why wouldn't we heed that invitation? Yeah, and my thoughts have gone to, I've heard people say, well, we want to keep it special, right? We, we, want, to, we want to only break bread once a quarter because we really want to make sure it's a special time, and my thought is, what if I treated scripture reading that way? What if I treated <laughs> right. my prayer life? Yeah, that way? right. Good, I, exactly. What if I listened to treated listening to preaching that way? Right. Right. Uh, just to, keep, just it to keep it special. Yeah. yeah. No, if it's special, right. We should want to enjoy this and participate this as, as the Lord's calling us to His table. Right. 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 Yeah. Now I've got some quotes by the way, John yes, Wesley, please. and this may be in articles yet to come, but Wesley said, "Every time believers gather to hear the word, they ought to break bread." Jonathan Edwards said, it seems plain by scripture that the primitive Christians were wont to celebrate the memorial of the sufferings of their dear Redeemer every Lord's Day. And so I believe it will be again in the Church of Christ in the days that are approaching. Spurgeon said this, he said, my witness is, and I think I speak of many of God's people now present, that coming as some of us do weekly to the Lord's table, we do not find the breaking of bread to have lost its significance. It is always fresh to us. I have often remarked on the Lord's Day evening, whether the subject may, whatever the subject may have been, whether Sinai has thundered over our heads or the plaintive notes of Calvary have pierced our hearts. You gotta love Spurgeon. <laughs> it always seems equally appropriate to come to the breaking of bread. Shame on the Christian church that she should put it off to once a month and mar the first day of the week by depriving it of its glory in the meeting for fellowship and breaking of bread and showing forth the death of Christ till he come. Those who know the sweetness of each Lord's day celebrating his supper will not be content, I am sure, to put it off to less less frequent seasons. Amen. <laughs> wow. You got to love Spurgeon. <laughs> but there's the Baptists saying, yeah. and there has been a revival, even in Baptist churches, I'm seeing this more, of uh, of committing to a, a weekly 
uh, celebration of the Lord's Supper. So there, there is, there is little pockets of uh, groups that seem to be they're inclined to wanting to incorporate this meal uh, more frequently. Considering that, and considering, okay, what when when believers gather corporately to worship the Lord on Sunday morning or on, on the Lord's day. How do we structure, if we're going to have this weekly, mm-hmm. how do we structure our services? Where do we, how do we, do we place importance on the preaching, on the Lord's Supper? How do you, how do you manage that, especially as an elder? Yeah, it's such a good question. And churches are, I think, are going to navigate this differently. It's interesting, you know, we're products of the Reformation. And uh, in the Reformation, there was this return to the Bible. I mean, even in the architecture, the the pulpit is placed up front. I mean, a lot of times they had an open Bible. I mean, as if to say, look, everything we do here is sola scriptura. We are coming back to the Bible. And it was a rediscovery of the gospel. Praise the Lord for it. Fascinating, though, and I, someone should do it. You, maybe you should write on this. <laughs> Why in the world did these uh, folks, did, did the did the products of the Reformation began to lose the Lord's Supper. It was the opposite in the Catholic Church. They, they kept the Mass, and yet they really abandoned the Word of God and the Gospel. Um, so so how, do we, how do we, you know, Semper Reformanda, how do, we get ba- how do we reform back to what the New Testament teaches and emphasize both the Lord's Supper and uh, obviously the preaching of the Word of God? So how this is done, I think we've got to have some freedom. Different churches... Uh, assemblies are gonna are gonna uh, come to different conclusions on how, but I hope we all come to the same conclusion. This is a necessity. This mm-hmm. is important. We need to do this. We need to get back to this. But there is, and I want to maintain this. There is a lot of freedom in how is it going to be a separate service? Is it going to be part of the service? How long is it going to be? Uh, one of the challenges we've had is is uh, our our building is such that we cannot have everybody in the same Lord's Supper. It's, we, you can't fit everybody. So we've had, and during COVID, we had to have the Lord's Supper be part of our uh, uh, preaching service. And so we've had to migrate and figure this out. Um, how does this work? Two services. Uh, it's, it's not ideal. And so there's concessions we've had to make, and yet, and yet we've, as an elder team, had to just remain resolute. We... we this, we don't want this as fast food. We mm-hmm. don't want this as an add-on. We want this to be worshipful and an exaltation of Christ and an enjoyment of Christ in this meal. Uh, and yet how that happens and how we do it, I think we've got to maintain some freedom. And also pragmatically, a, hu- a big service, you know, if there's prayers, for instance, or an open time, can't hear what's going on over there, you know. Yeah. Uh, just practically, there's some some issues with style styles and how we conduct it. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's, that's great. Growing up, growing up brethren, I always felt this, this uh, contrast between the Lord's Supper and preaching, right? And the mm-hmm. preaching service. Mm-hmm. And, and it was always like, well, which one's more important? Right, right. You know, and, and you heard people say, well, if I only go to one meeting, right. I'm going to the Lord's Supper. <laughs> right, yeah. Or, oh, man, people, you know, how yeah. could you just show up for the preaching service or, or whatever it is? Right, right. And one of the, the beautiful things I think I'm seeing is that these two things, in a lot of ways, their their goal is the same. Yeah. Like proclaiming Christ, right. proclaiming his word, they're right. they're done differently. Right. Um, 
in a lot of ways, they go hand to hand. Totally. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to say, well, this is the important one. So then this one is, is not as important. Right, right, right. right. And I've, anyways, I've been appreciating that as I've been studying and thinking through this. Yeah. It's almost like I don't, I reject the question uh, of which is more important. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, they're both, they're yeah. both important. Uh, we want to emphasize both and not diminish either. I've, I've heard people describe communion, the Lord's Supper, as a time of mourning right? Considering Christ's death. Um, I've, I've also heard of people describe it as a, as a time of joyous celebration. Is, is there a balance between those two? Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah. What I know our what attitude you mean. should be? No, right? it's a great question. What should our attitude be? I don't know how it can't be both. There's a conflicting element. It's the cup of blessing that we drink. First Corinthians 10, that there isn't, and he seems to be referring to Exodus chapter six and the four cups that, that uh, they would take in the uh, Passover. Uh, but certainly there is a blessing. We've been redeemed. We've been brought out of slavery through Christ. Uh, but, but boy, there's also, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, examine yourself. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's who's honest is examining themselves and saying, woohoo. You know, I mean, it's like, no, there's, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I'm a practicing, I still sin. And I wish I wouldn't, but I do. And I'm I'm bringing this to the Lord. He died because of my. I mean, that's a sad, sobering thought. And yet, uh, there's joy in that. There's you know, forgive it. Back to that McShane quote: Take one look at your sin, sad. Take ten looks at Christ, uh, joy, resurrection, forgiveness, pardon, reconciliation. Uh, we remember both those things. So I, it's a good question, but it's not either or. It's again, we, we do both those things. As as we come together, just a practical question, as, as we come together and we're told to examine ourselves in First Corinthians 11, what does that look like practically? What does that mean to examine myself when I'm, when I'm at the table? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a matter of you're, you're taking an inward uh look at your life and your heart and your the posture before the Lord. Is there a willful rebellion? Um, are you living in sin? Uh, Paul says, look, this is why some of you have gotten sick. Some have died because you, you haven't done this. And so there, there seems to be this, not seems to be, there is this strong warning of examining oneself and looking at oneself but I would also be quick to say that doesn't mean, I mean, we, we the Lord's Supper is for sinners. Mm-hmm. It's not for those people who have it all together. And, and I mean, this is the, this is the gospel. We are, we're just remembering the gospel. And the, the gospel tells us that we are sinners in need of a savior. And so that's part of the, that's part of the necessity of it is, is it calibrates us every week to get back to the reality that we are desperately in need of Christ and he has provided a way for us to be reconciled to him and our sins can be forgiven. And the new covenant, you know, we get to be part of this now. And, uh, and, and so many, you know, a million other things, because again, the, the Lord's Supper is as high and as wide and as deep as the gospel itself. So it's, it's this getting back to the gospel, applying the gospel, preaching the gospel to ourselves, so to speak. And boy, I don't know about you, but I need that. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts? 
No final thoughts no from final me. Thoughts. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Yeah, we thanks, We really Eric. appreciate it. My thanks pleasure. for all that you're doing. And uh, we hope next time you're in town, maybe we'll have you on again. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Thank you very much, man. Thank you for listening to Concerning Him, an Emmaus podcast. Ministries like Concerning Him are possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.